hey, did you notice? This is part one, meaning, guess what? There's a part two of this episode coming out next week, meaning you only have to wait another week for a new episode. But that's not all. After that, on October 25th, I'm going to release a regular episode. And then after that, on November 1st, I'm going to have a mini episode, which I've never done before. But I have a guest who I'm really excited to talk to. And so we couldn't decide on just one episode. So we're going to do a regular one and then a mini-sode. And then after that, on November 8th, I'm going to release a regularly scheduled episode. Meaning you're going to get big mood content for the next four weeks solid. Ah! That's crazy! I'm super excited for the next month with you guys. And so I just wanted to let you know what to expect. Hey, today's episode was split into two parts because we talked about politics and we talked about biases and these are really heavy topics and we wanted to do them justice and I really think that we did. So I decided to split this into two parts to give ourselves time to talk and also to give you, our listeners, time to kind of process and think through what we're saying and not be bombarded by an hour and a half podcast. So you're welcome. Anyway, here's the show. Welcome back to Big Mood. Was that it? <laughs> so noise. So bad. So Let me try gross. again. I, I can do it. I can do it. So <laughs> okay. 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 I just don't think it's okay. gonna happen. I am going to do this ASMR <laughs> intro. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to my. They make it look so easy. It's worse than someone's looking at you. I know. I'm like staring into your eyes. Like <laughs> I'm literally sitting there. It's like <laughs> I'm like literally crying. Already it's crying. So yes. Oh my gosh. Like, just that pop you made with your mouth. I was like, I gotta quit. All right. So we'll take a 10 minute break and come back. <laughs> hey people, welcome back to Big Mood. This is episode five. Uh, this has been so much fun, and I hate to break it to you, but this episode is the halfway mark for season one. I just have season one planned right now, so we'll see what happens with season two, and I have some ideas that I'm already cooking up, but I still have a lot of cool people to talk to, including my conversation today with Carrie White. Hi, hey, Carrie. how's it going? We're here today to talk about what it means to unlearn biases, which is a really big concept. Carrie is a senior at the high school here, and we really only met or got to know each other like this semester mm -hmm. in my creative writing class. And before that, I always knew who Carrie was because she was a person who was wearing bright yellow Crocs in the hallway so, before I, they were cool. Like yeah. you were a trailblazer at the school. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's true. I think I am a trailblazer. Uh, like with these bangs I just cut myself, Ooh. go cut your own bangs. Yeah. Like I'm a fashion icon. Just, just let y'all know. All right, I'll post that in my Instagram stories. We'll get we'll get some reviews on the bangs. Yes, love yeah. it. Sounds okay, great. cool. What's the plan? Mm -hmm. So Carrie and I are here today to talk about unlearning biases and what that means and how to do that. But we both know that that's a really big and probably tense mm -hmm. topic. And so we're excited to maybe stir up a little dirt and um, spill some tea. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and again, if you're not sure what that means, uh, listen to Chelsea's episode, episode mm -hmm. number three, and you'll get that. It's a good one. Yeah. 
So Carrie, I was curious if you could help me define what it even means to unlearn a bias. Um, so I would say unlearning a bias is when you take an opinion or a thought that you've had probably most of your life, whether it's influenced from your parents or from like the media you consume, and you just take it and look at the facts and see if you actually believe in it. And if you do, um, if you like, I messed that. not if you do, if you don't believe in that, mm -hmm. then I guess you're kind of unlearning the biases that you grew up with and uh, you're just kind of shaping them around what you've learned for yourself and not just what like your parents or like your world has told you about it. Yeah, I think that that was a really great way to to unpack that. I think that a step further would be that not only do you have to learn, you know, the truth or, mm -hmm. you know, in quotes, whatever that means, yeah. but you also have to then apply it. So, like, mm -hmm. there are things that I know are reality, um, but I still have to work myself up to, like, overcoming that mm -hmm. in my own mind. Yeah. Um, when we do this word as a literary term, we usually uh, talk about it in the frame of to kill a mockingbird mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. bias is very much synonymous with prejudice. Uh, and sometimes we have some great conversations there. Another example I give is that, you know, parents are usually biased uh, towards their children. So, mm -hmm. you know, you hear parents, you know, say like, oh, my kid's the cutest or my kid's the best. And reality check, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the bias that parents have or, or pet owners. So mm -hmm. being biased is not always a negative thing. Mm, for sure. But I think that we're going to talk about some of the ways that we have seen it be negative. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay, cool. All right, before we get super deep into what it means to unlearn biases. I just want to ask you, Carrie, what I ask most of my guests uh, first is, what has high school been like for you? Uh, high school's actually been pretty good for me. Um, I feel like I've gotten involved with a lot of different organizations in high school, especially like Young Life. That's been um, a really big definer of my high school career. I feel like I've had, um, I've, like I've always had a lot of friends during high school, I feel like. And um, in general, I've gotten along with like all of my teachers and my classmates like fairly well. That's awesome. That's so great. As we're, I think that we're going to kind of call back on that a lot because mm -hmm. I think that in this episode, and I'll just cut this if it's not true. <laughs> I think that in this episode, we will probably talk about some negative things. We will talk about some negative yeah. things that we've seen and heard, but it's also about reframing that and how mm -hmm. do we make it better. Yeah. But I do want us to kind of call back on your positive experiences too, you mm -hmm. know? So as we talk about biases, obviously that word is, is very similar to, or, or very comparable to having an opinion. Mm -hmm. Would you say that there are some positive effects to having different opinions than those around you? Mm -hmm. I definitely think uh, a difference of opinion is a good thing um, because sometimes I think we're really, um, I guess, like clouded by our own beliefs and our own perspectives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, I know for me, it's really hard sometimes to see where other people are coming from. But if I surround myself with people with differing opinions, I think that allows me to grow as an individual and also in anything I do as a collective having different opinions makes it more diverse and more exciting than it would be if everyone had the same opinion on whatever we're working on. Yeah. Would you say that a lot of the people who you are pretty consistently around feel the same way as you in oh, terms of? Yeah, I would think so. I think even from little stuff to like hobbies um, and just like general interests, even to like 
more like political and like philosophical stuff, I feel like I kind of surround myself with people who have the same ideals that I do. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you and and those around you, would you say that it's pretty common to associate yourself with people who have more similar views as you? Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't know if this sounds selfish, but I think it makes your life easier Mm -hmm. um, if you're not in a constant state of like, well, I don't agree with that with your friends. I think if you all are kind of on the same page about things, it makes it easier for like your general interactions, I guess. I mean, I think having people with different opinions is good and we should encourage that more, but I think it's natural to run to like what's safe for you. And usually having friends you don't have to argue with about stuff all the time is safe for most people. Yeah, I would totally agree. I know that in my life, I've had relationships where I have constantly felt kind of challenged. And mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't fun for either of us. Yeah. Why are we Why are we together? And so I think that you're spot on that that it is natural. And I think mm-hmm. that it's it does make life easier. And that's I don't think that that's really selfish. I think that's kind of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. However, I do know that in a setting like a school or a workplace, a job, uh, anything that you do where you're running into different people, you don't always get to choose who you're with. And that's where this issue of biases and differences comes up. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you in your life experienced settings where you've been with people who you know that you disagree strongly with? I would say just at school in general. Um, I remember right after the 2016 election and the months leading up to it, it's like just seemed that's like that was all anyone could ever talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt really hard to a escape the political climate, but also um, I guess like escape differing opinions. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to. Um, I think a lot of it was I didn't really want to hear the other side because I had already kind of formulated my opinion on it. So constantly hearing from some of my classmates about like how wrong my opinion was, Mm -hmm. was really frustrating and I'm sure they felt the same way. Um, But definitely I think in school, um, now more than ever, it's so hard to avoid politics and like it's hard to not get political in like so many aspects of your life. Um, So I guess I think pretty much everywhere else I can kind of manage like how much politics I want or how many like differing opinions I want and how many I don't but like at school I have no control over like what other people think and like what they're going to say. Wow so good I have so many questions (laughs) and I'm really glad that you brought up the election because I think that the interesting part about that uh, season Mm -hmm. of our country was that most of the people in this building and in any high school in the country couldn't actually vote in the election. Mm -hmm. What was that like to be in these discussions or disagreements or agreements, but but know that you you aren't actually able to participate? Um, So I guess I would say it was really difficult not being able to vote because, um, and I don't know if this sounds mean, but like when you hear the way some of your like classmates think, I'm like, oh, like, I definitely want to go vote now because I don't want to see that actually happen. Um, So, like, it was really um, frustrating. And then when we get into arguments, sometimes people would be like, well, you can't vote, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, neither can you. So does it, like, you know? So it's like, I think it's just really frustrating to really care about something and know that, like, that election, like, already affects me a ton. 
you mm-hmm. know, going into adulthood. And if, you know, our current president gets reelected, that same thing will just happen. Like, you know, it's still like, even though I couldn't vote, it's still so relevant into my life and how my life will be going into like adulthood. So I think that's why it was so infuriating. It was like, I just want to like have a say over like, what my adulthood's going to like look like politically, mm-hmm. and I can't vote over that until a certain point. Right. So you feel like you're being affected by something that you were really out of control o- mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Yeah. I asked you what it was kind of like to engage in those discussions and and be be in the the same atmosphere as someone who you disagree with. Mm-hmm. How do you think that we can better facilitate discussions between us, between people who? have varying viewpoints. How can we approach those better? Um, So the first thing I would say is that face-to-face is so important. I got into so many arguments over Twitter with my classmates. Uh And I mean, like, I'm sure people listening to this for, like, remember, like, seeing those, like, feuds (laughs) on Twitter, because I would get into it. Um, But then I realized it's so much easier to yell at someone when you're not looking at them. And when you aren't respecting the fact that they are still a person and like over the internet it's so easy to just like throw that away and I would also say during conversations like when they're over no matter how heated they got like just acknowledge like you are still a person and I still respect you even I mean low-key even if you don't feel like it like even if you're still really mad at Mm -hmm. how the discussion went I think it's better for you whether you realize it or not to just say I am frustrated at what you believe and it kind of upsets me, but I still have to respect the fact that you are a person and you Mm -hmm. are entitled to your own opinion, no matter how difficult that is for me to accept sometimes. Sure. I so agree with that. I think that one of the things that I see as a teacher and not to self promo, but I actually tweeted (laughs) about this last night was that I see people getting so comfortable with around each other because some people have gone to school for the past 12 years, Mm -hmm. you know, which is awesome. But it's also you get so comfortable, even if you're not friends, you're just comfortable with that person's presence that you feel more comfortable kind of going after them or you you might start to see them as less than because there's no excitement. There's no there's nothing new about them. And so they're almost just like an old hat, you know, like they're just Mm -hmm. kind of there and you (laughs) don't have to look at them like you would someone. But I think it also goes the opposite. Someone who you don't know at all, like online, it's very easy to attack them and go after them. And I myself have published things on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook that I later took down or had to defend because Mm -hmm. it started some sort of argument, you know? I think that having those discussions and realizing that people are people is a huge part of unlearning those biases. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Because if you can remember that the person sitting across from you or standing across from you or even on the other side of the screen is as complicated as you are, then it has to break that barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. I think it's I think it's really easy for us to sit here and be like, well, like people are people, we should respect that. But it's so hard, and I think that's something that I try to work on every day. And I mean, I look back at some of the things I've said to people um, because of like what they've believed in, and like it makes me really sad that. Like, I let my anger, like, control me like that. Because in a way, I feel like 
the like biases feed off of that. Mm-hmm. Like when you have that like negative energy and you attack other people, like you are just setting yourself up to be exactly what you are fighting against. If you're like, well, you are you know biased or you're whatever I don't know like what if, like if someone's acting like racist right and you're like you're being racist and then you start attacking them personally well it's like they might have a bias against someone and you might see them as racist but you're I mean I don't know how to put it I mm-hmm. feel like in a way it's very similar because you can't preach that you were like I'm against racism I love everybody and then yet you're attacking somebody I think in a way that like takes away from your cause. Sure. So I think even though it's difficult to respect the humanity in other people, if you don't do that, I think you're turning into exactly what you try to fight against, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I love that analogy kind of of like feeding into it because it's it's almost like did you ever watch Veggie Tales? Oh, you already know. I love these <laughs> Veggie Tales. I don't know if you remember the one where I don't even know what it's called, but it's the one with with like the the fibber and like eventually it's like the the rumor weed. Yeah, and then it grows yes! into like. Oh my gosh, that's my yeah, favorite one. That's my favorite one. It's like a little thing, and then he like tells lies or there's rumors it or whatever. It has the little sunglasses. I think so. Yes. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, please do. I love that. There's like. At the beginning, we can cut this because it's just me blabbering. <laughs> At the beginning, there's like the tomato. I forget his name was. It's like it's like the two little tomatoes though. Oh yeah. And they're like bouncing down the street, and like the cucumber pops out, and he's like, "Hey kid, can you spare a nickel?" And I quote that like every day. <laughs> so I think I just think it's really funny you brought up the river weed because that's like. That's just me. I yeah, that it's funny. literally so the VeggieTales episode is it's a Larry Boy episode, which I totally forgot. Larry, Larry Boy, Boy and so a rumor good. weed. And I think this is the one I'm thinking about where it like grows, right? And in yes. the end it's like a monster. It starts off in like the sewer and mm-hmm. it hears these rumors and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. At the very end of the episode, Larry Boy has to like confront it and it's like this humongous yeah. weed with sunglasses. Yeah. And it's really like when I was a kid, I was like, wow, that's kind of scary. That's freaky. Because it's like, cause I, I didn't really get it, but, you know, now I like, I'm like, okay, I see where they were going. Yeah, so that. basically where I'm going is, like, biases are essentially rumor weeds that are mm-hmm. internal. And so not kind of, like, they're not something that you can just, like, stop, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can't just cut down the weed because the roots are pretty deep. Yeah. And every time that you feed into that bias, either by labeling someone or by arguing with someone and not offering them some sort of grace, you're feeding that part of you. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only something that you have to actively like fight, but it's a part of yourself. Like you have to starve it. Like you have mm-hmm. to deny yourself those moments where you really want to engage in that kind of rhetoric, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another important part of, of unlearning biases is, is not letting yourself give in, like mm-hmm. staying strong because unfortunately a lot of people are not good at staying strong. And so they're going to engage if you're willing and you have to shut it down. Mm -hmm. When do you think that biases go too far? Like when does something stop being an opinion and start becoming a bias? Um, So there's this analogy I really like and um, it's talking about like opinions versus like actual prejudices. And someone was like, well, an opinion is like, I like orange juice, or I think orange juice is gross, not, I think certain people should have limited freedoms. And, like, 
I think, and I'm not saying it's that serious mm-hmm. in that in like my high school, but um, I would say that there are times where people, um, in a way, whether they realize it or not, are putting down an, another group of human beings, um, or just like not being sensitive to things that people go through, and instead of just being like, oh, well, I don't really agree with that, it becomes. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this is a bad example. You Have go. you seen the Goosebumps where the girl buys the mask, like the really scary mm-hmm. mask, and it starts sticking to her yes. face? Yeah. I think an opinion is something that uh, is easier to change. It can be taken off. You know, you don't have to wear it all the time. But when you have these deep-rooted prejudices and biases, it almost becomes like that mask you can't take off your skin. Right. And, I mean, if you watch the episode, at the end <laughs> she does get it off after she realizes that, I don't know, I think she realized like the love of her family or something like helped her take it off. And I think you have to, I guess, for an example, like the love of the family would be like the respect of your fellow man. Sure. I think. Um, so I think it's difficult, I guess. Um, I do want to just say we are not sponsored by VeggieTales or Goosebumps. No. But I wish, though. I know. <laughs> like, sponsor me. I'll pass out, I don't know. VeggieTail plushies? Yeah, which I used to have. Do a Goosebumps, choose your own adventure. Those Ooh, are the good ones. Those, like, so true. Those are my favorite. Creative writing reference. Mm-hmm. True. Let me ask you this. Ooh. What is something that you have a very strong opinion on yourself? Okay, this is where it's going to get a little spicy. Um, So I would say some of my biggest opinions that I have been thinking about a lot lately, um, one that isn't that controversial, I guess, is like the environment. Mm -hmm. Like I've been thinking a lot about like how, um, like with the whole like Dakota pipeline thing or Mm -hmm. like the fact that we can like use asbestos again, like stuff like that has been like really frustrating for me and Mm -hmm. I have like a really strong opinion that like, the Dakota Pipeline should not be happening because it's, you know, intruding on indigenous people's lands and mm-hmm. contaminating their water. And um, with, like, the asbestos thing, like, we banned it for a reason. Yeah. It's not safe for the environment or for people. Like, I don't know why we're still using that. Um, I think another thing I've been really thinking about a lot lately, um, and that's been on my heart a lot, is um, – I have a really strong opinion that you should not separate families at the border. Mm-hmm. And even if they shouldn't be there, they should stick together. And that separating these people is so much more traumatic and evil than the whole situation has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it just makes me, it's really hard watching other people um, talk about that in such a careless way. And to say, well, oh, they shouldn't have come here illegally. Well, it's like we have no idea how bad things are there. And even mm-hmm. in some of those countries, like with the cartel problems in Mexico right now or like the literal femicide that's happening mm-hmm. to women in those countries, it's like I just think we're losing a lot of humanity there. And that's been – that's something I feel really strongly on. I feel like it's really hard seeing the world just become so dismissive of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that really bothers me. I think I'm pretty passionate about that right now. Wow. I think that being dismissive is a big factor in feeding your bias. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if you can remove the humanity element, then you are so much more empowered to say things or to act certain ways that 
don't really affect you, but have a big impact on other people and on their lives. Yeah. Um, that privilege, I would say, is very nice. Like, um, I feel like the only reason, and I know this might sound bad, but the only reason I really started paying attention was because it was blasted all over the news and it like broke my heart. Right. But realistically, I know that I don't, I don't have to be concerned about that mm-hmm. because it will never affect me. You know, I was really lucky that I live in a country where I don't feel like my life is in immediate danger and I don't feel like I need to flee to a different country because my Mm -hmm. family's not safe and so I could look at that and be like "Mm, that's their problem not mine um but I feel like and I feel like it's not even intentional I think a lot of people like can dismiss that just because they just don't understand it and they haven't been through it yeah um and I think it's just easy to take the humanity out of people and just be like, okay, well, like that sucks for them, but that's not my issue. And I think that in a way is also part of a bias because you're able to say, well, okay, that doesn't affect me, so I don't care about that. And I think part of unlearning your biases is realizing like, okay, like I don't have to worry about that stuff, but because it's another human being, I should worry Mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff. Wow, so basically you're saying that it's not a, it's it's really not a requirement for us to care, but it's a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly how I would put it. Yeah. I would too. And I would even, I would even say that like that responsibility is a requirement. Like it's literal people who are. It should be. And the fact that I feel like very recently it's becoming less and less of that. It's more of like us and them mm-hmm. and there should be no us and them like we're all people suffering through it if there should be an us and them it should be the people that are negatively like attacking them and we want mm-hmm. to protect other people not oh i just don't care about them so they're not relevant to what i worry right. about right the them in that equation should be people who are attacking these people yeah. or going after them or trying to strip mm-hmm. them of their rights and not the people who are actually just trying to fight for their lives, however legally, illegally, Even if you don't agree they should be there illegally, I think you still need to recognize, like like we said earlier, people are people. Like, Mm -hmm. that is a, like, living human being that is going through something that we will never understand in full. And I just can't imagine, I can't imagine something happening here and I flee to Canada and they, like, take me away from my parents Mm -hmm. and my sister and, like, I'm alone in this like country that like I don't really understand yet because I'm a kid and I didn't have a say in coming over so I don't know that took like a really intense turn but I think it's I think it's true I think if we aren't like having these kinds of conversations like how are we gonna unlearn our biases like the hard truth is sometimes like what it takes to like realize maybe I haven't been thinking about other people in a way that morally I probably should be right I think that you're so right because in our seats of privilege uh, there's so many so many things that factor into mm-hmm. both of our lives that give us that that we have a lot to be grateful for but in that position it's very easy to gaze over the people whose lives are not as privileged or who don't have the rights or who don't have what we have it's very mm-hmm. easy to look over that which is so unfortunate, but that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you're so passionate just really gives me cold chills. So you have these strong opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you run into conflict there, like either on social media or in real life? Like, 
how do you navigate that? Are you very vocal about any of this stuff? Um, my first thing I can think of is in my, um, my U.S. history class last year. Uh, when we got into the more modern era, we would talk about things like Vietnam, which I know like people talk about in all kinds of schools, and you know they talk about like the war on terrorism and stuff. And um, I remember people would like kind of start to head in a kind of a wobbly direction. Mm -hmm. And when I would say something about it, everyone was like, "Well, they didn't actually say that." And it's like, "Well, it's so hard for me because it's like I can see where you're going with that." And I think a lot of having a bias is like you can dance around it mm -hmm. without actually saying like what you're thinking and I think sometimes people need to just like kind of be challenged and called out like okay well why do you think that you know what I mean and even if I disagree if you can tell me why you think that then I'll have more respect for that than just being like because my mom said that you know right. because my family thinks that it's like okay well what do you think mm -hmm. like have you really thought about that or are you just like talking about what other people like are saying um so I don't know I think it's difficult for me to <laughs> hold my tongue in class I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of my teachers like that yeah but I'm very just like um well actually that's like kind of racist <laughs> um but because oh they don't realize either or they do yeah. and they don't want to police anyone's speech I guess but it's like I don't know I think if you have an opinion and you're in an environment where you can talk about it at like a level-headed situation then why not like what are mm -hmm. you afraid to debate over you know what I mean right. I think a lot of people in class are like why do you want to talk about that it's like well why do you don't does it make you uncomfortable like what like what are you trying to run away from mm -hmm. I guess in that circumstance mm -hmm. I think it all goes back to being comfortable right mm -hmm. if we don't have to have these difficult conversations then why would we but like because we should. Yeah. We morally right. should we have should. these conversations. Yeah. Which is so much harder to motivate people based on something they should do versus something that they have to do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, I should go clean my room tonight. Am I going to? Probably not. Staying on this thread, pardon the pun, we're going to talk about Twitter a little bit. Get it? I love it. Okay, I thanks. love it. It's good. <laughs> Guys, that was really funny. You should be laughing right now. Yeah, I had to workshop that one a little bit, but I got it. I got yeah, it. There, that's all that matters. Literally, anytime I make a joke in class, people are like, how long do you work on that one? And I'm like, <laughs> rude. Usually it's on the spot. Rude, Usually. three days. <laughs> yeah. Rude, but true. <laughs> but really, along this train of thought, how about mm -hmm. that? Let's talk about social media just for a second. Mm -hmm. Everyone who listens knows I'm obsessed with social media. I love it. Follow me on Instagram at PollockZoX. <laughs> Carrie White 15, shout out. Go follow me. Yes. Like my pic. I just posted one of my senior pics. <gasps> I just posted one too. They we'll look see. good. Go oh. give us likes. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, bye. Gotta Anyways, go. End of okay. podcast. Anyways, um, along this train of thought, we I, would, I just want to talk really quick. Like, like, what do you see? How do you see biases and opinions? How do you see that? playing out on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Um, I think the worst for me personally would be Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Twitter would be more like people my age uh, arguing about stuff. I don't really see a lot of like older people on Twitter. I mean, I think we all do, but not many that like interact, mm -hmm. I guess, with like younger people's like political discussions. Um, and sometimes I think it's like so toxic because <laughs> Like, one minute, it's, like, a funny dog meme or, like, something, like, relatable. And I'm, like, oh, I love this. And then it's, like, 
reminder um, that America is built on racism, and then I'm like, huh, I just want to, I just want to see my memes, right. you know. And I think Twitter is very hard to escape that um, environment, especially around people your own age, because then you really see like, oh wow, there's so many people who feel the exact same way that I do, and then there's some people who don't, and that's tough. But for me, I think Facebook's worse because. Mm. Facebook is like older people who are like very stuck in their ways. Like they're not changing, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's funny because they share articles that are like, if you would click on them, like they're so obviously fake news. Mm-hmm. Like it's written by like useaglesquad.com. And yeah. then it's like written by John. It just says John. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is fake. And then they're like, can you believe no one is talking about blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, because it didn't happen. Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's funny. Like, on that website, I can't even get mad. I just, like, laugh. Right. Because I'm like, y'all just don't know what's going on, I guess. And even if you, even if I wanted to be like, hey, like, that's kind of racist. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't care. They're like, well, that's how I feel. So, there you go. Right. How do you... I know, the accent. That's my old <laughs> I know, voice. the impressions. I'm, like, I'm not changing my opinions for nobody. <laughs> this is Comedy Hour with Carrie White. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the validation. I yeah. needed that. So how do you navigate those playing fields? Um, I usually just scroll past it if I can help it. Um, but if it's, like, really bad, like, really mm-hmm. bad fake news, like, I'm going to say something. See, that means you just don't care. Like, you right. will share anything. You that, don't like, care, and you're allowing something that's fake to, to feed your bias. Yeah, you'll just share whatever fits your agenda, whether mm-hmm. it's true or not. And you don't really care if it's true because, like, in your heart, you're like, good, that should be true, even wow. if it's not. So, so it's almost like you're kind of wishing things into existence because they fit your agenda. Yeah, that's really hot tea, but I would definitely agree with that. Wow. Yeah, I think that my big struggle... Twitter definitely is a toxic place and it mm. became a lot like I remember like 20 like in my college years mm-hmm. like like 2011 to 2015 like it was a place where I'd go and it was like, it was like fun I followed people and then like you said during the election cycle like I was obviously here I was working here but I, I also spent a lot of time you know on my phone as always mm-hmm. and Twitter just became this like this swamp of, Ugh, of filth and even now as I've tried to like clean it up Mm -hmm. it's still so dangerous because twitter doesn't care who you follow you're gonna see what twitter wants you to see right like it's just gonna push something in your timeline and i think a a part a hard part for me is that like it's so bite-sized so if i'm on facebook or even on instagram like i'm not like it takes a little longer to get through things and like it's maybe not as toxic for me but like Mm -hmm. twitter i can read so much negativity in literally a minute I know, you know, it's crazy. And it's like, because you have no control over what other people retweet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you follow someone, and you're like, oh, cool, I like what they like tweet. Like, I'm going to follow them. And then they start retweeting stuff on your timeline that you, like, do not want to see. And it's just like you, like, I think out of any social media where you can control what you see, Twitter is definitely the worst. Yeah. It's really hard to really, like, design your feed. Like, you know when you get, like, a random, it's like, in case you missed it. Uh-huh. And you're like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Like, I don't even follow that person. Or even when it's like liked by or followed by someone and you're like, if I wanted to see that, yeah. I'd follow it. Especially yeah. when it's negative. Because I'm like, I'm obviously not signed up for this content. So like, don't give it to me. Like right. it just makes my day worse. And that's where there's such a weird line between like 
responsibility of the app and responsibility of a user because mm -hmm. like we know that that's kind of the case and yet we still use their technology yeah. you know mm -hmm. yeah. but also like I know they receive complaints on that about yeah. that all the time it's like two from me right just yesterday. <laughs> yeah I'm done <laughs> report 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 the thing about social media and biases and kind of how they work together is that it's so easy to share things and it's also so easy to respond to it mm -hmm. and obviously what we've talked about, part of unlearning a bias, is just holding yourself back and not letting yourself react. So what are your thoughts on still being a responsible citizen and doing what you think is right and yet not lashing out over social media when it's so hard, so easy to? I think there's a difference between commenting and like lashing out. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's your responsibility to comment. If you see something negative or something that is extremely biased, like you should say something about it. But I think when you start getting into like the name calling, the personal attacks, mm -hmm. like going off things that are off topic, that's when you're feeding into attacking. And I think that's kind of where you need to draw the line. Even if the other person is just like attacking you over right. and over again, it's like, well, in the end, like you just can't, if you're saying this isn't what I want to be, then don't be it. Don't feed into what negative energy you're trying to get rid of. Right. And it, as I asked that question, I kind of thought, oh, wait, maybe a solution would be to kind of direct message that person, which could work. But also, like, you want to stand up for what you believe mm -hmm. in a public space, too. Yeah, you know, I would agree. like, um, so, for example, uh, after after the recent election, mm -hmm. uh, I was in my feelings. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I wrote a four part blog series about refugees and my heart behind them. I'll, oh, I'll link, I'll link that. you. Yeah. I remember reading um, that. And I actually, that's what then influenced my project passion, which you will go through later this mm -hmm. semester, because I, I took my anger and I tried to do something productive with it. And it, it really paid off. Like it was a really healthy way to process just what was kind of going on in my life at that point. And what shocked me was that I was so excited for this project and I posted it like everywhere because I was like, read it, you know, and, and people did and they were really excited. But I got some negative like comments on Facebook, like like not just like, oh, I disagree, but like Bible verses and like links and like, you know, patriotic eagle dot net. And oh, I was no. like, first of all, first off, I'm like, literally, I, I approached it from like a biblical standpoint. So I was like, you're wrong, like Nancy or whatever her you name did. was. But I just was shocked that I was like, like, you like, I felt so passionate, but then this person felt so strongly against me that they I didn't even know this person that they commented on my work. It just kind of shocked me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. This doesn't have to be in it. Okay. But, um, <laughs> like, the thing where like people attack you with like Bible verses, I remember reading that and I was like, well, here's the thing though, like all the Bible talks about in a lot of like areas is like, you have to like love other people. Mm -hmm. Like you have to respect them. And even when it's like, if you see, I don't remember where the Bible is, but there's one verse where it's like, if you see a foreigner among your own, like feed them, clothe them, mm -hmm. love them. So it's like, how can you literally be like, but Jesus said that because, mm -mm, Jesus said, love people. Right. You tried it, but no. So I don't know. When you just said that, I was like, I hate yeah. people do that. Because, like, for me, I feel so strong in my faith. I see other people do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I was like, we're not like that. Right. It so is I'm really like, hard. Why are you making it seem like. Yeah, it is really I hard to be a person of faith who feels so strongly in certain ways. And then to see other people, like, use their faith that is claimed to be the same faith mm -hmm. right or at least the same root 
and use it so differently yeah. like in such opposition that's, it's really jarring that's really hard for me mm-hmm. especially with like a lot of people today are like oh I have these good Christian family morals and they're mm-hmm. like and that's how I want my politics like to be run and I'm like well like I get the traditional traditional family or whatever yeah. but it's like you're you're missing the point of that is like those commandments are great but like loving people comes before that in mm-hmm. every situation no matter what it is like oh I don't like people who do this I don't like people who do that I want people to respect what I want or what I like it's like well in the end it doesn't say well that's great but you can attack them it says that's great love them regardless mm-hmm. so yes. when I like see stuff like that I'm just like this is embarrassing like, right like don't this... make me look like that like that's yes. not because then you have to then you have to fight harder to break down other people's biases yeah. against you you know yeah. and I'm definitely not saying Christians are oppressed because we're not no but it's like it sucks when people like grill you about that like do you actually think that mm-hmm. and I'm like no I right. don't like I am so for you and I want right. to be here and support you and like just because other people like, are giving off this awful idea of what like I believe in like I don't want people to think that mm-hmm. that's how I feel because right. that's like the opposite and that just me. shows the power of a label because I know that you know you can be friends with someone and they can know you pretty well and then maybe it comes out that you're like oh yeah I'm a Christian or I'm Muslim or I'm you know Hindu Mm -hmm. and then automatically that label can kind of override what they already know about you and you're like but wait what like that's like what like that's a part of me but you already know who I am like why is that that doesn't change anything you know what I mean like I mean the way I'm treating you is because I believe that way just Mm -hmm. because I gave a word to that doesn't mean that I'm different like the way that you see me treating you and treating other people yeah. says more I think about like who I am and like what I believe in than like what a one word can do yeah yeah hey guys me again thanks so much for listening to big move seriously it's been so fun having you guys on this journey if you've enjoyed it or if you want to help me out head over to iTunes and leave a review. There's a few already, which just blows my mind. And it only takes you a couple minutes. And it's just a great way to get more publicity for my podcast. So yes, I'm being selfish, but also help me out. Thanks. Like I said earlier, part two of this episode is going to be released next week on October 18th. Sorry, had to check my calendar. So I'll see you then. Talk to you later. Bye.